Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Old-time Big Ten football. Yeah. Touchdown, Purdue! Coming off the bye week, I'm pretty hopeful that we're going to get another ugly football game. Um, and and you might say, how? why are you hopeful for that? Um, well, it's not that I'm hopeful for um, that we're going to get a game that we expect some new things to appear for Purdue, some new things to appear for Nebraska. Both these teams are beat up. One is more rested than the other. One has more injuries than the other. I just think we're going to get some average offense, which is what we've seen out of both of these teams for seven games. And I'm hopeful that it turns out to be an entertaining game because – for Purdue, we haven't had that in about a month. It the Illinois game was, you know, over three weeks ago now after the bye week, and we come into this Saturday, and I'm anticipating a game that is going to be very close all the way throughout. Um, there's going to be some ugly moments. There's going to be some defensive moments for both teams, and some moments that are just having you scratch your head like why am i watching this maybe we'll be asking that question on sunday's recap show but this is the preview show on the behind the rails of purdue football podcast presented by bet online on the believe network i'm your host bryce fans thank you so much for tuning in and Coming into this game after the bye week, we got to see and hear from Ryan Walters, and he seemed, you know, steady as always. I think that's something that we highlighted on um, on the the midseason report card episode and what we got from Sam King in our interview last week. And if you haven't caught up, if you kind of are just now getting back into the groove of, hey, I got to watch some Purdue football this week, and if you're still here, unless you've already moved on to 2024. Um, you have, you know, hopefully stuck around to hear that. If not go back and and check those two podcasts, um, out that we released during the bye week We didn't take a week off like Purdue did, but that was already built into their schedule. So, um, Purdue opened as a one point underdog. That line has grown to two and a half. Um, and where I found all that information was bet online. The last of the major sports um, has kicked off this week, the NBA. And Bet Online is your top spot for all the NBA action this season with the MLB postseason, NFL, college football, NHL in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport, anytime. 
Head to BetOnline today to get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code BLEAV, believe, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And where I want to start with this game is Purdue has um, had a lot of recent success against Nebraska, and obviously it's a new coach, Matt Rule, not Scott Frost anymore, which I think if you're a Purdue fan, you're thinking, man, I wish it was uh, Scott Frost because I would feel more confident that we were going to win this game. Um, But now that Matt Rule is in there, um, you could see how things are different with this Nebraska team, um, especially watching the Northwestern game back, which do that at your own risk. Um, it, it felt like to me that this game was not a pretty offensive game. Both defenses showed up. Nebraska kind of told you what they are offensively with Henrik Harburg at quarterback and coming off a bye since 2015, Purdue has won five of their past seven games coming up, coming off a bye. And that kind of trend started in 2015 after a win over the Cornhuskers in 2015. I think that game was like 55 to 45. We aren't going to come anywhere close to that many points being scored. We won't even get half that amount. 90 points. 90 points in a game. Do you do you think 90 points in a game is possible for this Purdue team? Purdue hasn't scored 90 points in like their last four games combined. Neither has Nebraska, I don't believe. I think they scored like a high of 20-something points um, against Louisiana Tech this year. Um, but that has to do with a lot of injuries and, and stuff like that. So I've seen Nebraska outside of just the Northwestern game that I, you know, recently watched. I watched the Colorado game, um, that that Illinois game, which was an ugly game, um, and I, I caught, you know, first quarter of the Michigan game because Nebraska kept it close for 15 minutes, and then Michigan went on to do what they have kind of done this entire season. So I think first off first key of this game that I want to give out is the run game. I think the running game is going to be crucial for both sides. Um, For Purdue, it's getting the running game going and continuing to what you have been able to build on here these last few weeks. And on the other side, you want to try to stop Nebraska's run game because their run game has been leading their offense. Um, Henrik, Harburg, uh, Nebraska kid, uh, can run it. Um, he's not super accurate with the ball, doesn't have the strongest arm, but he can run. Um, even in that Northwestern game, and, I, and, and a couple of other times before, while he's been the starter after he took over for Jeff Sims, um, his last game was the Colorado game, which he had several turnovers. And a lot of people were questioning why he was still in the game after halftime. Uh, but Jeff Sims, also a runner, runner as well, a dual threat type quarterback. But Harburg um, ran some speed option stuff, um, not just the read option. I would, I mean, Purdue's going to have to to defend on him actually keeping it uh, more than just a handful of times. You know, obviously Purdue does the same thing with Card, um, running a read option and 
occasionally card will keep it. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the times it's in third and short, fourth and short. But Henrik Harburg is, I think, a good runner. Um, he leads the team in in rushing, even though he's only started um, in five of the seven games. He leads the team with 424 rushing yards. He's thrown it for about 716 uh, is his um, his uh, total for the year passing-wise. Um, like I said, he's not super accurate with the ball. They're down a ton of their receiving options. They're down three offensive linemen from the beginning of the year. And you just got to be able to stop the running game, which Purdue has done at times. Is this going to be a week where the, that front seven shows up and they shut down the running game? Um, because you can't let Harbor get outside and beat you because he can and he will. He did that to Northwestern multiple times. Um, but on the flip side of him not being very accurate, um, he threw two picks in the first quarter against Northwestern. Northwestern couldn't do anything with it, though. They only had three points after their first three drives went into Nebraska territory. Um, and another thing that I think might carry over into this game is Third down distance, because in that game against Northwestern, it, it felt like every time there was a third down, it was third and seven. It was between third and seven and third and 12 all the time. I don't think there were very many third and threes, third and fours. There might have been less than five the entire game. I, I just think that if you're going to get into a game like this where we've seen Purdue um, against an Illinois offense, performed really well on third down and then against um and Iowa as well but then Ohio State couldn't get off the field. Purdue has to get off the field if they want to succeed in this game and I think they will do better than what they did against Ohio State. I I think if you can hold Nebraska to less than 50% on third down, I think you're going to be in this game. Um and if if you can keep them to third and seven plus obviously that in increases your odds it's stopping them on first and second down because uh, they're going to run the ball they don't have a ton of dynamic weapons outside malachi coleman he bursted on the scene um and had a big catch where he got behind the defense uh against northwestern last week i don't anticipate that kind of happening say what you will about the ohio state game there wasn't a ton of plays where they were behind the defense yes they had some big bigger plays downfield but some of those were yards after the catch you know with a couple of those with from cage stover some of those from marvin harrison but they just weren't getting beat deep um and obviously that has a lot to do with theneman playing that center field position and i would expect him to kind of keep um, everything in check uh this week against nebraska because they don't have anything explosive downfield. It's going to be some to the tight end, some over the middle type stuff. It's not going to be super wide open as far as a lot of green grass for these guys to just be running free downfield. I just don't think they have that type of speed on their roster yet, especially when you have Billy Kemp, their leading receiver. I don't think he's going to participate in this game. He might come back for the Cuskers. Uh, in a couple of weeks, but I think he's not available for this game this week. So, and on top of that, having three offensive linemen um, 
starters from the beginning of the year no longer available for this week, I, I think it sets up well for this defensive front that has been rested uh, for off the bye week should just come back into this game and have their in- ears pinned back and just try to get after Harburg, make him feel uncomfortable, make him second guess whether or not he should tuck the ball and run. I think that is going to be something that this defensive front should focus on is if you can corral him and make him beat you with his arm, then you're in business because he hasn't shown you very much uh, that he can beat you uh, deep downfield or by throwing a ton. If you can make him throw more than 30 times, more than 30 to 35 times or more in this game, that's, that's definitely going well in your favor uh, just because it's it, he's not like I said doesn't have the most dynamic arm. The wide receivers are are not the most dynamic, um, and some of the guys who ha- they have on their roster are banged up. So I I just think that it's it's definitely going to come down to can you keep him in the pocket? Can you corral him? Can you not allow him to not break off these big runs time and time again like he did uh, against Northwestern and keep him corralled even though you know he might take a three-step drop if nothing's there. If his first and possibly second options aren't there, he's probably going to try to tuck it and run. Is your defense going to be in position? I think we've seen examples of this defense being in better position from where they were at the beginning of the year to not allow that to happen. I mean, because if you look at you know the worst game that Purdue had as far as allowing that type of stuff to happen was the Syracuse game. Since then, I think they've definitely secured up those running lanes. They don't have guys that are over rushing the, the, the passer and are kind of trying to either stop their rush early and try to, you know, work their way back inside to kind of collapse the pocket and kind of keep the quarterback in there. And I think they've done a better job of that um, over the last um, five or six games uh, since that Syracuse game. So I, I would anticipate Nebraska, struggling to score they're in the 100s as far as total offense and in, in i think in the 90s and scoring offense um they're just they don't do a whole lot of things well uh, outside of of running the ball and a lot of that is harburg or anthony grant so i just think that there's not a lot of options for nebraska outside of harburg so if you can corral him keep him in the pocket should be able to win this game. On the other side of the ball, I I think it's about establishing the running game. Nebraska has one of the best rush defenses in the country. I think they're in the top 20, um, one of the top teams in the Big Ten as far as rush defense. Can you get that rushing attack going? Um, we learned from, uh, from Ryan Walters on Monday that uh, Muhammad Musa, his day to day, he might, he might play um, against uh, Nebraska on Saturday. He might not. Um, on the other side, at, at right tackle, it'll be either Daniel Johnson or Ben Farrell. And if if Musa isn't able to go, then it'll it'll be Johnson at left tackle and probably Farrell at right tackle. After Bo is uh, not going to be, um, he's going to be out for the rest of the year. So, um. I, I think that for this defense for Nebraska, they love to bring pressure. It's a 3-3-5 defense. So you have three down linemen and, and three linebackers. Um, and then with a rover, um, Isaac Gifford, um, who's one of their top tacklers, 
Um, I think he is their top tackler. I, I think that is a defense that loves to bring pressure, uh, especially on third down. Uh, it felt like watching all of those third down plays against Northwestern, there were a lot of times where they were bringing five or more each time. Um, and sometimes even when they just brought five or four, they were still being able to get after uh, the Sullivan. I think Sullivan is the Northwestern quarterback, and he was pressured all day long. Didn't really have a whole lot of, of room to work with in the pocket. Couldn't step up in the pocket. Um, and he couldn't step up in the pocket very much because of of Nash Huck, Huck, Nash Hutmaker. Um, and his nickname, the Polar Bear, dude looks like an absolute bear. He's athletic. He's twitchy. Uh, but he is well over 300 pounds. He's a big dude, but he can move. Um, and he's going to try to disrupt the Purdue front. Um, and really try to disrupt the timing of Hudson card. Now, with Hudson being um, having this time off and being able to shore up his shoulder, get his legs underneath him, um, the report on from Monday was that he's looking like um, like he did at the start of the year, had an extra spring in his step, felt like he was the Hudson card that, came into camp and was looking good. So I would anticipate, you know, Hudson being able to evade pressure. Um, but it just feels like that this defense brings pressure from a lot of different areas um, that you're going to have to prepare for. And if Musa isn't out there practicing every single day and he, you know, tests it out game time, I, I just worry about, how this offensive line is going to um, be able to hold up for Hudson because they bring a lot of pressure. Uh, we've seen this offensive line struggle against pressure pressure in the last two games. And I'm, I'm worried that it's, it's going to be a day where he struggles to get going in a rhythm and they're going to have to lean on the rushing attack, but, Nebraska is one of the best rush defenses um, in the Big Ten. And I I anticipate this team struggling to score. I think they'll uh, be able to move the ball uh, a little bit, but can you get down there in the red zone and score? That's what Northwestern struggled with uh, time and time again. Like I said, their first three possessions of the game, two of them were on picks, and then another one was on a uh, short punt that they – um, brought inside, just inside Nebraska territory. And they weren't able to do anything. They only had three points. And then Northwestern had one long pass in the second half. Uh, I think when they were down 17 to nine by the final score, uh, or seven, it was something 10 to six, it might've been at that point. No, Nebraska, I don't think had scored another touchdown. Um, but they had a long pass down the left side and Northwestern was able to get down in there um, inside the 10, I think, but then they ended up getting backed up and had to settle for a field goal. They just couldn't punch it in. And Purdue needs to finish off those drives. I, I think because on one hand, the kicking game has not been solid enough to you have where you have a ton of confidence in them going out there and hitting anything from a reasonable distance because they struggled. Uh, mightily from all distances last week and you got to put the ball in the end zone and it would help to have 
Tyrone Tracy back because obviously he can find the open lane and hit it. Um, can Devin Mockaby continue to progress and, and be effective as he has the last couple of weeks had a season high of rushing yards last week or last time they're out against Ohio state. Can these guys continue to run the ball? Well, even though the passing game has, has really struggled um, to be pretty consistent here over the last um, couple of games. So can this offense become efficient and move the ball? Can they keep Hudson Card upright? And if they do get into the red zone, can they score? Because Nebraska's defense is tough. Um, and I, I just think that they're going to put try to put pressure on Hudson Card all day long. And we'll see how he deals with it. Um, prediction time for this game. I think Purdue has the better offensive weapons in this game. I think they have the better thrower of the football. I think Harburg might be a better runner than Card. They obviously, Nebraska uses him more as a runner than what Purdue does. Uh, but I just think this is an opportunity for the offense to show signs of life. And hopefully they use the bye week well enough to where they have found some things that will work out against this defense. Because if you can score on this defense, I'm not saying you're going to be able to score against Michigan a lot. I, I, I That Michigan defense is just on a whole nother level. I mean, Nebraska is, is top 20 um, as far as rush defense and scoring defense is as well. But Michigan is at a whole nother level. Think Ohio State, maybe even better than Ohio State's. But Michigan hasn't really been tested a ton. But I do think that they'll be able to find something in the passing game this week. I think I read in the game notes that five different receivers have led Purdue uh, in a game this season as as far as receiving yards. Can you find a combination? Can you find a, a matchup that works in your favor? Uh, because I don't think this passing defense is locked down, shut down. I think you can move the ball through the air. It's all about can Hudson Hard have enough time to throw and find his receivers downfield? I think they will. the offensive line will be able to hold up just enough They'll be able to make some more plays downfield. Um, I think with them being rested coming off the bye week, I would anticipate this offense performing better than what they had in the last two games. So I think Purdue edges out Nebraska. I think they continue the recent success they've had against them. And I think Purdue wins this game 27-21. I think it's a low-scoring game. It might not even get to 27 points. It might be 17 to 14. I mean, it's it's going to be a game of two offenses that have really struggled. I just think with Purdue's defense and how they've had their inconsistent issues, especially in the secondary, I think that will allow Nebraska to move the ball more than they have as well. Um, and I and I think that these teams will be able to score more than what they've showcased here in the last couple of weeks. I still don't anticipate it being a 55 to 45 game like it was eight years ago. 
or anything close to what it was these last few years with with Brom as the head coach. So I, I just I think this offense hopefully finds something that will work. And if we're here on Sunday recapping the game and thinking they're they're still not finding themselves, um, then there might just be bigger issues for this team um, offensively. And it's it's something that you know we've talked about numerous amount of times: the identity of this offense, the playmakers, if there are any. Um, maybe we see the emergence of of some other guys. Um, this week outside of the normal. Um, I think Yassine, he's still in the depth chart. I don't remember if there was a question about him, but hopefully he's back. Um, that would be another re- reliable target for Card. Um, and if he's back in the lineup, I would have more confidence in this offense moving the ball uh, downfield uh, through the air specifically. So thank you so much for tuning in. Um, you can f- subscribe, rate, review on the YouTube channel. You can also do the same on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Just make sure you guys are subscribing. It doesn't cost you anything. Just while you're watching right now, just hit subscribe, and there you go. You're going to get notifications when a new podcast is up. We release this thing every Thursday and Sunday morning for a preview and a recap, and we're at least going to do it five more times. So until Sunday, I've been your host, Bryce Vance. This has been another edition of Behind the Rails of Purdue Football on the Believe Network, presented by Bet Online. I'll see you guys on Sunday morning. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.